All right, morning. Seen this many cameras since we signed Tebow. Um, uh, Robert and I, after a you know series of discussions, have uh, mutually uh, agreed to um, part ways. And uh, for me, this is a day of um, you know gratitude and celebration. Um, start with Robert and his family. Um, it's great. So much thanks for the opportunity to, to be head coach here for 24 years. Uh, it's an amazing opportunity. Um, received tremendous support. Uh, we had a vision of you know building a winner, building a championship football team here, and uh, that's exceeded exceeded my my wildest dreams um, and expectations. Uh, the amount of success that we were able to achieve together, um, you know, through a lot of hard work and you know contributions of so many people. Um, so I'm very proud of that, and and um, and I always have those those great memories. I'll carry with those those with me the rest of my life. Um, and of course, after uh, you know Robert, um, thanks to the assistant coaches. Um, you know, I've had so many great coaches uh, here. Uh, they've made my job uh, so much easier. Uh, it's a long list, but you know the amount of work, preparation, um, and diligence that they do. Um, every one of them. Um, and I say this about the players and the coaches, regardless of how long they were here, how many years they were here, how many years they coached, or what the position was. Um, you know, it was a great team effort, and, and everybody you know put everything they had into it. And, uh, and that's why we were successful. So um, for the coaches, the support staff, um, it's an amazing staff here that, that supported me in every way. Um, all the scouting and all the, the football support people from equipment, training, uh, security, video, operations, um, uh, and so forth, right down the line, dining room. I mean, it's all, it's all first class. It's all, you know, extremely extremely good and um, you know special thanks to Bears and Nancy they've been here since day one and um, you know made my life a lot easier or I've made theirs a lot harder however you want to look at it um, but that's a uh, you know a big shout out to them and of course uh, a great great deal of thanks and appreciation to the players uh, players win games in the NFL and I've been very very fortunate to coach some of the, the greatest players uh, that have ever played some of the greatest players that have ever played for the Patriots some of them are already in the Hall of Fame uh, many more are going um, but again, regardless of how long any of the players were or weren't here, or what their role was, or or how many games they played, or even if they didn't win championships, um, you know, I respect the way the players come to work here on a daily basis. Uh, all of them, I've coached, you know, well over a thousand. <clears throat> but their their ability to work, prepare, uh, train, you know, in the weight room, um, you know, train their bodies, uh, meet rehearse over and over again, you know, what we need to do things right to, to be successful to win. Uh, it's just, I have so much respect for all the players. Um, and certainly we've had, you know, many that have been here for a long time and, you know, had great contributions and, and uh, too many to name at this time. But, um, you know, great thanks to the players and um, to the media for you guys. I, I don't know that anybody's gotten more coverage than, uh, than I have or we have in the past 24 years. Um, you know, meet with you guys a lot. Respect what you do. Um, you know, you're a voice to the fans, and uh, even though we don't always see eye to eye all the time, most of the time, but not all the time, uh, I do respect what you do. And and uh, and finally, to the fans. Um, you know, the fans here are amazing. Um, you know, there's so many memories of the fans. The the send-offs, um, the parades, um, the Sundays. You know, whatever the whatever the situations are, um, the letters of support, uh, the 
you know, seeing the fans, you know, away from here, you know, at a gas station or a grocery store, or, you know, wherever you bump into them, uh, Patriot fans here, and not just in New England, but uh, they extend nationally and even internationally uh, as I've traveled. Uh, it's amazing how far the, the arm reaches. We saw that this year in, in Germany. So, uh, so appreciative of the fans for all the support they've given me, uh, my family, uh, and this football team. And uh, it's with um, just so many fond memories and, and uh, thoughts that I you know, think about the Patriots and, and I'll always be a Patriot. I look forward to coming back here. Uh, but at this time, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to move on. And um, I look forward and excited for the future. Um, but always very, very appreciative of the opportunity here, the support here, uh, and, you know, the, what, Robert, what you've done for me. Thank you. Show your dog. January 11th, 2023, excuse me, 2024, Bill Belichick's last day as a coach of the New England Patriots, 24 years, six championships, and he's off into the sunset. For now, for now, we'll see where he ends up. I think that uh, with due time, I think Bill Belichick will be a head coach again in the National Football League. Unfortunately, it will not be with the New England Patriots. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Off The Mark Sports, your weekly sports radio show here on 95.3 WMH. My name is Kyle Heavey, coming at you on this Sunday morning. We're in a snowstorm watch. It is the 28th of January, 2024, and we're rocking and ready to go here as it's been a while since we've been on the show. The first time in the new location, trying to get all through the kinks and stuff like that, but we're, uh, we're able to do things, and we're going to have... Anthony calling in right now. Let's see if I can reach over and uh, and, and hit the Skype button. As uh... again, it's uh you know it's still the same exact kind of reach when you don't have anyone else in here to uh, to get off of the um, to get the Skype in. So hopefully uh, everything's working right on his end that he can hear the uh, the wonderful baritones of myself. Anthony, good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. Welcome. How's, uh, how's the new studio? Uh, well, it's it's new. It's uh, it's different. <laughs> um, it's lonely without you. Um, but uh, I'm glad to have this all squared away. And now I got to uh, get uh, Cam in as well. But uh, what's good with you? It's been three weeks since we've done a show. It's kind of nice to be back in some ways. I know. Uh, right in the heat of uh, the middle of the football playoffs, nonetheless. So. Yeah, the AFC keeps, and keeps NFC. Things interesting. Absolutely, the AFC and NFC Championship games are going on today, and we'll see what the likes of the Detroit Lions and San Francisco 49ers can bring, and also the Baltimore Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs have to bring, as uh, those yes, are the final four. Chiefs. The Chiefs are back in it again, but they have some serious issues going on with health going into this game, and with uh, the, the Ravens, they're getting healthier and healthier, but... Uh, Cam Tranchmontane, I believe you're in on the phone lines this morning. Can you hear this clearly? And uh, how are you? Uh, yep, I can hear you guys. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Good to be here. And uh, it's rainy out here. I know you said you guys are getting snow, but it's just been rain here for like the last couple of days. Oh, well, it's been the same way around here where it's just been a, a very 
uh, drizzly cloudiness, but uh, that's going to change all this afternoon when we are expected to get uh, anywhere between four and eight inches of snow, uh, which, you know, makes me excited as, as someone that's uh, been trying to get back on the slopes, uh, doing some skiing and, uh, and snowboarding here. So uh, I'm fine with this right now, but uh, obviously, yes, it's been a few weeks and uh, you got to go to see some hockey down there in Cincinnati cam. And it l looked like a pretty good showing there of, uh, of fans and, a, a, you know, pretty, was it similar to the Monarchs or was it a little bit better? Um, yeah, it was similar to the Monarchs for sure, but like more, this is an ECHL team. So like that was like when the Monarchs were in the ECHL, it was terrible, but this is like when they were in the AHL, like in terms of the energy and, uh, all the like in between periods, things happening. A lot of fun. Yeah. A lot of fun. Unfortunately they lost both games, uh, <laughs> but we'll, uh, we'll give them a few more shots at least before the season's over. No nope. cyclones. Cincy Cyclones. Okay, that's why I was curious. What, Cyclones, you don't really think of Cincinnati, but it's a perfect name. But, uh, you know, at the same time... Yeah, we I don't... think it's a reference to Tornadoes. I was going to say, it's close not to really the same thing, Valley. if you ask me. I mean, we don't really have a lot of Lions up here in Manchester as it was with the Monarchs, but uh, we enjoyed Max. He was a great, great, great mascot, and, you know, glad to see him still around here and there with, uh, you know, retirement, when I guess. Do they score a goal? Do they play a Tornado Siren? Um, no, they don't, unfortunately. That's That'd a missed cool, opportunity though. right there. Yeah, well, I guess you don't want to desensitize yourself to those. Hearing those is, uh, is, is bone-chilling a little bit. Yeah, I, yeah I, I hope to never hear one, but I'm sure I'll, I might. I think you oh, will, yeah, in, I'm sure. just not in the I next few months. I heard one in Arkansas once. It was, uh, it was, it was a little weird. <laughs> well, it's glad to, glad to be back with you guys as, uh, Obviously, I started the show with uh, the biggest news that happened really this month with uh, Bill Belichick kind of having a uh, re resignation, I guess, in some ways with the New England Patriots. And Gerard Mayo, now the new head coach of the New England Patriots, the first time in 24 years that we've had a, uh, a new head coach. And you know he's making some changes already, already promoting his uh, offensive line coach to now de defensive coordinator. I saw that yesterday. And Bill Belichick still does not have a job. He's still 14 wins away from the all-time record, but there's still two teams that are looking for head coaches, and that's the Washington Commanders and the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Seattle would be kind of interesting to have, you know, they went from the oldest head coach to the second oldest head coach, and the Patriots have gone from a 71-year-old to a 37-year-old head coach in Gerard Mayo. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, I, I kind of think I, saw it coming. I don't think that the, that Seattle will go for him just because of losing Pete Carroll. I think they moved on from him because of his age, so it wouldn't make sense to go to Belichick. I think that's the issue that I see with a lot of teams is that obviously we've got a, a younger, you know, ret, you know, I guess there's a lot of youth going on in the NFL head coaching rings, and why would you want a 72 year old head coach? I I don't obviously he knows some things, but uh, it seems like the well, yeah. for Belichick's side, it's like the the Seahawks have one of the, have a defense he could probably play around with, but like, I don't think Geno Smith is a Bill Belichick away from going to the Super Bowl either. Sure. Yeah, I, the Commanders seems kind of interesting as he obviously grew up in uh, in Annapolis, Maryland, and is only thirty minutes from where they play at FedEx Field. So, I feel like that would be an interesting idea for him, but at the same time. 
I don't even know what happened with him in Atlanta. He had gotten two interviews, and they st- instead went with Raheem Morris, I believe it was, as head coach of the Falcons. And you got to wonder, was his uh, contract worth $28.3 million for each year? I'm just intrigued if, if that was ever uh, brought up in these those interviews. What do you mean? Like, is the amount Belichick gets paid like factoring into this? No, I just it was it was more of a joke and it went right over your head. So, uh, you know what? What the fa- uh, twenty eight point three? Yeah, there <laughs> you go. There you uh-huh. go. Uh, I don't think money was um, the the issue, but I I feel like that that's a, still a pretty young team as well with uh, some. That's the perfect spot for him. Like that, the Falcons was the perfect spot. So, yeah, I don't know what they what he does next. I don't know. Maybe a year off wouldn't be too bad. There'll be, you know, seven more coaching opportunities next year. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that, though, because he'll be another year older, and then he's a year removed from the game. Like, if people are not hiring him now because of his age, because they want to go with someone who's more at the forefront of where the league is going, I wouldn't hire him after he's been away from a game for a year. Could you imagine if, if... I mean, I don't think he'd ever be away from the... He'll probably end up consulting or something for somebody if he doesn't get a job. I mean, there's... Okay. Obviously, he's done some TV work in the to, in the past. He's, we saw the NFL Network, the uh, the top 100 players that he was a part of. And also, he's done a lot with uh, WBZ down here in Boston, but... Could, oh, could you imagine if he goes on to work some TV and media and then has <laughs> to send the game over to Tom Brady, who I think will be yeah. going into the booth <laughs> this year? Back and forth would be hilarious. I, just an idea. Obviously, they I, they say that the relationship is, is good, but uh, you can only imagine that it's not that good. But that could be a fun thing to see if Brady... It would be a hilarious panel to see Belichick, Gronk, Edelman, and Brady just like sending it back and forth to each other the whole time. It's so true. It's so true. It's because it, CBS certainly has their fair share of, uh, you know, uh, Phil Sims and uh, boy, I got to think about all these names that I'm so I'm forgetting right now. Um, I'm, yeah, I'd I, like I, to I see Bill uh, on a panel with like Rex Ryan. And, oh like, my goodness! See if Rex Ryan would would talk that trash again. Oh my goodness! Would that be amazing to see? As Rex was actually in his corner saying he should go for the record. And obviously, uh, kind of just a weird year overall just for the New England Patriots. Obviously, I was at that last game against the Jets, and it was a very miserable day down there in Foxborough with a lot of snow coming down, just cold weather and wind. And the Patriots did not do very well. And uh, the congratulations to the Jets. They got their Super Bowl victory for the first time in, you know, basically six years that they beat the Patriots. And, uh, now it's you know, kind of exciting to to see some uh, some newer blood in here in the playoffs, and I'm I'm kind of you know looking to see if the Lions can do it this week and beat the 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 Niners. Yeah, who do you guys got? I I, I gotta say, as much I would love the Lions to win, um, but with the 49ers with that much talent, be able to to suffice to that, I don't know what's gonna happen with that. But if I'm a betting man, I'm going for the Niners. If I am rooting for my heart, I'm going with the Lions. Yeah, I got the Lions today. I also have the Lions. I, I was surprised at the way uh, Green Bay kept it close against San Francisco. Um, 
seems a little lost out there, and I'm not sure if it's because Green Bay is better than I think or because the 49ers are frauds. But I, think it was I really like the Lions. Were. I feel like they have all the momentum. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I, I think that last week was just kind of like uh, San Fran warming up a little bit after having the bye week. So that's why you kind of saw them put it together in the second half there. But I, uh, you know what they say, it is about who's hottest, and there's nobody hotter than the, the Lions right now. So I still think no matter what, you're still going to see Jared Goff chuck the ball 40 times. Uh, David Montgomery will probably get a goal line touchdown. And uh, Amon Ross St. Brown will probably end up with 80-something yards like somehow they do every week. I mean, obviously, looking at the playoffs overall, it's been a, a unique uh, couple weeks here as I really enjoyed the uh, the wild card round with the uh, the Texans taking down the Browns. Joe Flacco's Cinderella story is officially over. We'll see if he gets another sh- shot at the an NFL team or not, or if that's just it for him. Um, the Chiefs obviously beating up the, on the Dolphins. The Packers destroying the Cowboys. That was a sure shock right there as uh, I think most of America were very pleased to see the Packers get dismantled like that. Um, also, for the Packers, they definitely surprised me, scoring 48 points on you know a really good defense for the, pa- for the, the Cowboys. Uh, that's really... Jordan Love's uh, really... This is me game, I felt like, was the, that Cowboys game. And then um, the Lions obviously beating... Barely squeaking by the Rams, 24-23. Matthew Stafford uh, looks... Decent so in that game, 367 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, the Bills got by the Steelers and then the Buccaneers. This was the surprise right there. Being down the NFC champion Philadelphia Eagles by a score of 32 to 9. What happened to the well, Eagles is was scary uh, and ridiculous to see them lose six of their last seven games. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with them. I mean, they started off ten and zero, and then they, or excuse me, nine and zero, and then they finished the season eleven and six. It's, it's, I've never seen a team just fall apart, and I don't know if it Ooh, was almost like the Josh Mc, was it the Josh McDaniel uh, Denver Broncos who started the season eight and zero, and then ended the season eight and eight. Yeah, exactly what it was. It's same exact, you know, criteria, but you just don't expect that from an Eagles team that had just last year gone to the Super Bowl, and then uh, just get. No, but again, remember remember all the events that led up to that Super Bowl last year when you had like uh, the issues with um, the the 49ers and their quarterback situations and stuff like that. So like realistically, like yeah, I agree, but also like did the Eagles really were they supposed to be in the Super Bowl last year? I think that their their run was pretty good. Obviously, they were looked their very run was good, but they played against like who was the who is the fourth string quarterback that they threw out there in the second half? Oh God, yeah, that's uh, you got a good point there. I don't. I you know what I mean? Even... Like, there's. I mean, not again. I'm I'm still not like all the way in on Brock Purdy like that either. I'm not saying like, oh well, you know, if you had just stuck Purdy out there, might have things might have been different. They might have, but like, I don't know. That's still just like where the the Eagles should have been better, but again, like they they weren't all year. I don't know. It's. There's not a whole lot you can look at and kind of blame it on. There was a lot of, like, injury stuff, I guess, but I don't think there was enough injury stuff to, like, have them collapse like this. Yeah, that was uh, just Baker Mayfield. Go ahead, Cam. 
it makes you wonder why they're keeping around Nick Sirianni. Well, I mean, obviously, because, it's 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 up to him now to really get things going, and it's make or break for him in a lot of ways. Because if your team collapses on you like that, uh, it's it's like he's 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 gonna be playing for his job going into next season. Yeah. Oh yeah. I could if they if they start out like two and six or something next season, I could totally see him getting fired like mid year. They they made a change yesterday with signing. Dallas Cowboys offensive offensive coordinator Kellen Moore as their offensive coordinator. So, kind of interesting taking uh, taking someone from Big D. Well, he was also with the Los Angeles Chargers, but Kellen Moore, who again just I felt like it was more like three years ago he was still quarterback in the league, but now he's you know thirty five years old and um, still is uh, has been in top four in points per game through the the first four years that he's been coaching as an offensive coordinator with 27.7 yards per game uh, or points, excuse me. Yeah. And, yeah, and he's not cool. even like it's a promotion really, because he's just going from one OC job to another OC job on the rival at that. I mean, what does that say about Mike McCarthy? Oh, I know. I see. That's where I expected Belichick to go. And it just not has not transpired yet. That uh, I felt like that would be a perfect spot for him to take Dak Prescott and all the other people that they have on on yeah, that but team. Jerry doesn't want that. I know it is Jerry's world, that's and the, that's the reason why the the Cowboys have had the problems they've had is because of the leadership that they've had. Because they need somebody who's going to be good enough to try and do the job, but also be able to just say yes to Jerry whenever he says something. So like right. that's probably that's probably why McCarthy stayed because he's probably just like, okay, you're gonna I'll let you stay one more year, but now you're gonna do everything exactly how I want it. You know what I mean? That's probably how he runs that, and that that doesn't fly with Belichick. I don't think. Well, I don't know. I don't know what kind of roles he's interested in at this point now. So, but yeah, I can't imagine that would uh, that would go over well. Going into the divisional round last week, we had the Ravens taking down the Texans 34-10. I was actually very... I enjoyed watching the Texans team this year. I didn't watch every single game, but I really was impressed at what uh, C.J. Stroud was able to do. Nico Collins is certainly a a really exceptional wide receiver. And for them to get, you know, past the wildcard round and into the divisional round for such a young team, and they have so many draft picks ahead that they were given from the Browns for Deshaun Watson. So uh, this is a, certainly a, a team that I, I might start rooting for in some ways because it's kind of, they're fun to watch. Yeah. They're going to be so much fun next year. Like seeing them like all at full strength and like whatever, whatever they'll get out of the draft this year, who knows, but that, yeah, they were so much fun to watch. And I mean, you can, you could say that both teams had a chance to win last weekend. Like the Buccaneers and the Texans both had a shot. Like, I'm, well, I guess you could say the Bills too, but I absolutely the Bills and that was a little bit more inevitable. Um, <laughs> it's so sad but though. The Chiefs, the Chiefs like had a chance, like they really had a shot to like go to like a AFC Championship game this year. I just Patrick Mahomes is uh, is the Bills' daddy. I feel like you can officially say, and uh, maybe that's the spot for Bill Belichick too. That seems like that uh, that head coaching area is kind of questionable seeing how all they do is lose in the playoffs every single year. Yeah. 
Uh, the, seeing him in Buffalo would be tough, but again, still not, still not at the point where I'm hating the Bills. I think it's fun to see them be good, even though they seem to be collapsing and, you know, impressive fat. This would be more fun if we were more competitive, you know. Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe maybe the Bills would beat us. You know, we're going back and forth with the Bills for years. They'll beat us in the first round and then miss like that in the championship or the division round or something. Like that's when it would be fun. Now it's just like I don't know. There's nothing to root for. <laughs> it's only so much you can do. And uh, I I I I don't know if you saw the meme of what uh, what uh, Josh Allen has has done in the past couple of years in the playoffs, but it's not very good. With uh with losing, I believe it was in the uh, you know each time they they won they beat the a Lamar less Ravens team they 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 beat up on the Philip Rivers retirement scheme it, just all their wins have not been all that good uh, but they are still able to get to the playoffs and bring some sort of excitement I mean, to how, Buffalo. That's how some of our favorite teams made it to the playoffs this year. What do you mean? The Cowboys, the Dolphins, the Bills, that's most of most of your playoff teams got in that way. It, uh, let me just make sure that I have. There we go. All right. So 2012, the farewell Phillip Rivers run. The 2024 concussion in the third quarter by Lamar Jackson. 2021, their playoff win was beating up on Mac Jones. Um 2022 hmm. Skylar Thompson, which I don't even know what that means or who that was, but that's oh yeah, the Dolphins. The Dolphins, up. there we go. Skylar Thompson, they beat up, and this year they obviously in the first round beat Mason Rudolph. So, uh, looking at these that those five wins in the playoffs, it's not like Josh Allen has really got a uh, a heck of a you know resume of beating up on some really top quality quarterbacks. So no. for Sean McDermott, I guess you you got to get something going next year for sure. Yeah, they're gonna have to re. They they their problem this year was trying to implement too many new things in their offense. You know, with like uh, Kincaid and stuff like that. When you when you're when they're running like two tight ends like that, like you know that's why you're seeing Gabe Davis only like show up once every six weeks or <laughs> Stefan Diggs taking the last like mm-hmm. what's half of the season off like what what happened there like I don't think they yeah, were he kind of disappeared six huh I was just saying he kind of disappeared I agree with you yeah yeah like I they they need to figure out a way to uh more fluidly mesh the tight ends with the wide receivers here because I mean they're probably going to lose I think Gabe Davis is a free agent this year so there's one there's one receiver that you're not going to have probably Diggs I'm sure is going to put up with this for maybe a handful more games next season before he requests a trade out of there and then then you're stuck with uh no Isaiah McKenzie's on the Colts uh I don't even know who else is on there. Yeah, Shakir. Is Shakir like your bona fide number two, though? Because you're going to be throwing the ball to nobody else but Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid. (laughs) Uh, Well, he did have a nice uh, touchdown reception last week. He did have seven catches, 44 yards, and a touchdown on nine nine targets. But he probably gets those touches because there's so many other guys to cover, too. So when you put him in the spotlight like that, that's when you open him up to more uh, like coverage and more vulnerable to uh, secondaries and stuff like that. 
For Stefan Diggs, obviously, it was kind of a tough spot for him. He had eight targets, but only had three catches for 21 yards and no touchdown. And one of those catches was a 15-yarder. So to know that two of his catches really went for a total of six yards, is uh, it was a tough one. And, and Buffalo had everything in, working in their favor. They had just gotten through a snowstorm. The fans had come out and... You know, it had gotten all the snow out of the stands for the most part. And, you know, it was the first time that Kansas City had come to Buffalo and had to play in the elements. And now to see Kansas City have to come back into the elements. And you're, you're making me think, Cam, is you're saying that it's raining there in Cincinnati. It's most likely going to be raining pretty good in Baltimore at this point as well today with uh, that game going on later on. So that's uh weather could be uh, certainly another factor for this chiefs team and it seems like they they're getting through all the elements as they again weird to see them as a uh you know uh, having to play on the road as they really had never seen them play on the road until this year in the playoffs that is yeah they're just finding ways to get it done too it's kind of concerning um if you're not rooting for the chiefs obviously um i think it is going to be bad weather in baltimore i, I can pull up the report real quick yeah, I gotta say the the one fun thing that I really appreciated for the uh, the Kansas City Buffalo game though was seeing the wildness that is Jason Kelsey out in the Buffalo elements, shirt off, drink, drinking beers with the fans. Obviously, he was there supporting his brother who did have two touchdowns, but uh, to know that he was had no problem going out into the stands and being uh, with the the Buffalo Buffalo faithful was uh, was certainly a, a fun part to the game and. Yeah, I I just can imagine that he's gonna enjoy this more than anything. I I, I see a uh, you know him going around and traveling to each different uh, uh, location, each different fan base, and and shotgunning beers with uh, each crowd. I, I something I don't know. He, 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 there's more to him for sure as the one of the world's sexiest men, which is still funny to me. Watching him jump down out of the booth and then back up. Uh, was pretty impressive. He did, basically did like a huge box jump. He re- all uh, three hundred and something pounds. Uh, yeah, he made it look agile. I mean, I, I went snowboarding with my nephew, and he couldn't even barely get up on heel side to save himself. And then you got Jason Kelsey. It's like, yep, no big deal. I don't have to go around. I'll just jump through, uh, back in through the window. His job is to push like four hundred pound men for a living. That's fair. You got that. Po- you got that too. <laughs> uh, so so yeah. weather in Baltimore is going to be pretty windy. Oh, uh, about 11 to 13 mile an hour winds, and it could start raining by about 5 p.m. towards maybe the end of the game. So we'll see. Yeah, I figured that the system that we're getting up here overnight is probably going to be going through there first. So that's why it's uh, going to be interesting to see it's, uh, something that, you know, obviously we wish it was snow to see again. But at the same time, uh, it's, it's Baltimore. They don't get as much snow these days. So the game's at 3 o'clock between the Ravens and the Chiefs. So, uh, And then the 6.30 game is the Lions and the 49ers. And it looks like it's going to be sunny in San Francisco. But, uh, again, that game should be pretty interesting, too, because I got to say, we we laughed at Dan Campbell with this opening press conference, but he seems like he has absolutely brought a lot of energy to Detroit and – well, they don't have it from the Pistons this year, so you got to get it from somewhere. And the Lions, at least uh, for the first time in our lives, are at least in the NFC Championship game this year. 
Yeah, it's great to see Jared Goff returning to California, other other part of California. But um, the thing that's really impressed me the most is is like the post game speeches. Yes, uh, they seem to really be like keeping. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're not celebrating too early. They're not taking this for granted. They do realize they still have a lot more work left to do. Um, and it, it just seems like everyone's locked in. Dan Campbell has that team kind of all pulling in one direction. Uh, yeah, really love to see a great underdog story, especially given that I didn't even realize when Dan Campbell was hired that he was part of that 0-16 team. Yeah, I forget really. That, again, you're looking at a team that as making history in some ways, if they can get to the Super Bowl, uh, that'd be wild to see the turnaround just a few years while... You know, I, I laugh at the the Cowboys fans who still haven't seen a uh, uh, anything in the. I haven't seen a playoff. They've only seen one playoff win. The 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 Lions have more playoff wins in the past thirty years than the Cowboys do. That's the funny thing <laughs> about a lot of these teams is like the ones that were supposed to be back. Like when we talk about uh, teams like the Bills and like some of these other AFC teams, it's like. Man, you had a few years while some teams were bad to make your push, and now like teams like the Bills can't seem to to win, and now the the Texans are already back in the playoff conversation. Or like you know, usually when one moves in, one moves out. You know, so that's when it's gonna start. We're gonna start seeing the new regime of these players or these teams. I I kind of agree with you there because I for the uh, you know against say that the the bills have taken over the Patriots spot in a lot of ways obviously in that division uh Patriots obviously I don't see going into the playoffs anytime soon but uh at the same time it's uh you know it's cool to see that the Lions are taking over for I I don't know who who who's who they take <laughs> over another example another example would be that's funny is that uh Ryan Tannehill left a bad Miami team to get ahead with the Titans, and then the Titans window closed at, right at, before the, the Dolphins window opened back up. <laughs> right. You know, I don't even know who the Titans hired as a head coach already. I forget who, now that I, you think about this, because they got rid of Mike Rabel. And, uh, a lot of first-year coaches. Uh, Callahan, I guess, is his name. and they're, they're all really trying to strike gold the same way. They're just going to keep hiring like first-year coordinator coaches until they they hit on one, until one of them turns into Mike McDaniel. I think that's what everybody thinks they're doing. That's why that's why guys like Carroll and Belichick are getting looks. Yes. Yeah, I do think there's a, a push to go towards the new era of, of NFL, so to speak. Uh, Mark Peterson in the Facebook Live, Cowboys have four playoff wins since 2009, according to Pro Football Reference. So, the Lions are not too far away. I, I forget that the the Cowboys have had some wins, but it's just, it just seems like few and far between. Obviously, they haven't really been able to get to a, an NFC Championship game. At least that's maybe what I'm trying to think of that I, I I saw earlier this week was that they the Lions at least are making it there. But, yeah, the Tennessee Titans at least have a, a new head coach in Callahan, and um, it's uh, my for some reason isn't wanting to go as fast as I want it to, but uh, you know, at least they have a new head coach down there in Tennessee, and we'll see what he can he's able to do because it's not like that division is really that good. I I think that uh, Jacksonville was only so good this year. Uh, Houston obviously I think has got to be the future for that division, 
but the Titans aren't that far away. And then who am I, who else am I missing there? I'm missing one other team. Indianapolis. Uh, well, if, if, if Richardson can stay healthy, he looked good this, this, uh, um, first few weeks, but we'll see what they can do with, uh, with Richardson and Pittman going forward. Something to think about there. And, and that's a good point too, Cam, as I did not think about how he's got a, he's without a job right now. Where right back, go yeah. I wonder if he and Bill are kind of competing for positions at this point. I mean, I think, um, well, obviously they are. Have you ever had the, an interview where you're like, you know, you're, you're, you go, you leave the office and then you see someone sitting in the waiting room that you have to walk past. Could you imagine if it's Belichick and, and Vrabel doing the same thing? Like, Hey, how are you doing? Good to see you. Uh, good luck in there. I, I, yeah. I hope they do it a little bit more uh, time, uh, time span between the, the two coaches, I guess, with trying to make that decision. So, uh, obviously, we can talk a lot more football as well, but uh, at the same time, we have a, a lot of other things that we have to go on, and that is the uh, cam for the Boston Bruins. They actually are still the best team in the National Hockey League. I'm very happy to see that the Bruins are doing so well still, as I figured they would have a little drop at some point or another, but a big 6-2 win yesterday over the Philadelphia Flyers. And, uh, man, I, I'm liking everything that's going on here with uh, the, the, this young, younger Bruins team and what's going to happen this year. It's been pretty good to watch. Yeah, I've finally been able to, to watch their games again. It's been nice. Um, didn't, haven't caught them all, but I did watch uh, the, uh, the Flyers game yesterday. Uh, that was great. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're just rolling. I, I do worry about how far they're going to actually go in the postseason. But uh, 71 points ahead of uh, Panthers with 66. And the, I guess the Canucks have 71, too. So you're tied for the most points. Oh, the the, I didn't see it when I went to bed uh, last night. Going into all-star break. Uh, I didn't even think about that when I went to bed last night that the uh, the Canucks were playing late. And I just knew that, well, still, you're tied for the best uh, team in the National Hockey League, which is not bad at all. But, uh you know, amazing that I think we've seen the the in the past two seasons the Patriots have lost more games than the Bruins have. It's kind of scary to think about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's tough. Uh, then we have two All Stars between Pasternak and Jeremy Swayman. Uh, Jeremy Swayman's been absolutely incredible. Uh, he he's having like starts comparable to like Mark Andre Fleury's like first first five years. Uh, I mean, I think that if he continues to play the way he is, I do wonder uh, if the future of, like, the goalie tandem is in jeopardy. Like, maybe they decide to go for someone a little cheaper and, and keep Swayman as, like, their main starter, start giving him more of, like, a 70% timeshare. Um, but it's good right now while we have it. So I'm going to keep trying to think positive about this team. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's obviously been a, a number of weeks, and they've won seven of the last eight games as it is. And, yeah, I see some scary things. They, they were certainly not able to beat up on the Hurricanes at home. Um, the Hurricanes obviously are a playoff-caliber team, and we'll see them possibly in the first round. Mm -hmm. 
And so that kind of scares me as well. Uh, we lost to the Coyotes again this year. We lost to the Golden Knights, who are obviously, uh, you know, Bruce Cassidy has a little bit of knowledge on this team. Uh, losing <laughs> to the, um, the Colorado Avalanche as well. So those teams are uh, all, all play, well, several of the Coyotes are all playoff caliber teams. So as long as the Bruins can at least get uh, healthy enough in the playoffs, I think that was the issue last year that I saw, in my opinion, was that they were just not able to uh, to get things going. And uh, now, obviously, you got to be a little bit scared of Florida in some ways because they know how to beat you. They did it last year. But, uh, yeah, it's been kind of nice to see Swayman taking over the torch after Allmark had such a great season last year. Uh, if we can win back-to-back uh, goalies of the year, that'd be kind of a, an interesting thought process. And you're right, Cam. What, what are you supposed to do when you have two great goalies, but you can get something else possibly if you can possibly trade one of them? Yeah. And there are, there are some rumors about what they might do at the trade deadline. Um, I'm not sure like what they could really bring in uh, that would, that would make much I don't of a know. difference feel, at this point. I'm starting to I'm starting to feel deja vu here, and in an annoying way where I feel like we make a bunch of big trades every year to bring guys in, and then we never retain them. So is it worth giving up a good goalie if we're going to trade for a guy that we're not going to re-sign? Yeah, we. I mean, that's exactly. That's a good point. I, it's it's interesting that the two guys that we did not re-sign have both been injured and out for uh, most of the year so far. Uh, sure. So that's kind of weird that it's worked out that way. But, I mean, Danton Heinen to get a hat trick last week was surprising to me. I, you know, not a guy that I would ever expect to get a hat trick, but he got his first of his career. Um, you got Marshan, who's got 20 goals already. That's pretty good. He's 11th straight year with, uh, you know, 20 goals. And it's only at the All-Star break. So that's pretty nice right there. Um it's uh, like who who is the person that we could go out and get right now that would make sense that would be affordable for us that would make sense to resign in the off season. You know, there's off the top of my head, I'm I'm trying to think of uh, free agents that are coming up, and there's no one that's really. I, I thought that the Bruins did a good job of spending money on Pasternak and McAvoy, so I don't know how much cap room they really have. But obviously, if you were to trade someone. Um, you know, I guess that's where Don Sweeney's job is is more than ours is of, of trying to figure out what's best for yeah, but the that, Bruins. Either way, like who who is available on the trade market though? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Because they'll make the money work however they want to. That's how every sports team works. Uh, I'm looking it up right now. The trade deadline is Friday, March eighth, twenty twenty four, and. Let's see. I'm going to quickly scroll and see John Gibson of the Ducks. He's actually pretty good. I, you know, wouldn't mind him for sure. Um, boy. Are there any big names, though, Cam, of guys that have been discussed? Um, Timo Meyer from the, the Devils mm. would be pretty good. Um, There's a name I know. But I don't think he plays center. I think, I think we would probably want to trade for a center. Maybe Bo Horvat. Well, and if we go, if we go get um, Meyer, he's going to be a free agent anyway. He's going to command between eight and ten a year, I'm assuming. So we're not going to be keeping him either way. Yeah, unlikely. So honestly, it's been kind of a quiet uh, trade rumor season. Um, 
I don't really see necessarily a move that they can make, to, to be quite frank. I mean, I guess that's not the worst thing in the world either, too, because I feel like that's our that's our like crutch every season is oh we'll just trade for somebody to, for the playoff push when it's like, and then we miss it by that much as opposed to like maybe we just build out with the young guys and like yeah we'll probably run into the same problem where we get bounced early in the playoffs this year, but as long as we keep the same team repeatedly, you know they'll work their way through it as opposed to just replacing them with a band aid. For half of the season every year. Right, right. Yeah, looking around the league, though, I mean, Nikita Kucherov already has 85 points on the year. That's pretty good with uh, Nathan McKinnon, 84 points. David Pasternak up there in third place in the league with 72 points. Uh, for goals, Austin Matthews last night scored his 40th goal of the year already before the All-Star break, which is pretty pretty darn good right there. Uh, Pasternak in third place again with 33 point, thir- 33 goals. So he's up there pretty good with Sam Reinhardt with 37 goals. Uh, for Jeremy Swayman, 2.30 goals against average. That's fourth best in the league. Uh, Adon Hill of the Vegas Golden Knights. Who? Adon Hill, that's who. Uh, 1.94 goals against average leading the league. And in wins, Alexander Gorgoriov of the Colorado Avalanche. 27 wins so far on the year, uh, but he's also been able to start almost every single game compared to what the Bruins are doing with, uh, you know, two stacked goaltenders. So uh, pretty impressive to see 27 wins for the Colorado Avalanche with one goalie. But at the same time, it gets tiring after a while being in goal all the time. So uh, the Avalanche are still just as good this year, right? Yeah, they're they're still very good. It's uh, kind of... uh, I don't know when they're not going to be good is the issue. It's kind of reminds me of like the late nineties when they had the Joe Sackick and Patrick Waugh and stuff like that. But time will tell. Yeah. Yeah, we we don't pick until the fourth good. round of the 2024 entry draft. Jeez. That's really bad. Bruins don't pick until the fourth round. I hope the, um, the Red also Wings. Jake DeBrusque is about to be a free agent. So maybe they decide to move, move him. Um, there's, some articles are linking them to maybe getting defenseman Jacob Chikrin, who's a fairly young guy. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I could see, like, a couple things happening, but nothing that's, I don't think, going to make a difference for, for this year. Yeah, I, I think that we, we just are hoping for the best because I know that we lost a lot of our draft picks from that Bertuzzi trade with the Red Wings last year. So that's kind of where it became I'm, frustrating. I still that- can't believe they didn't hang on to him. He was great. He yeah. was, and uh, Toronto, at the same time, really was appreciating them, but they've been lack, lack, lackluster in a lot of ways. 5-4-1 and one in their last uh, 10 games, and sitting back at 58 points. So uh, the Bruins have, what, 13 more points than them so far in the season. Uh, the Rangers, a surprise team for me, 63 points, leading the Metropolitan Division. Um, and then looking at the Western Conference, yes, Anthony, the Colorado Avalanche, 67 points, leading the Central Division over the Dallas Stars. <laughs> and the uh, Vancouver Canucks, again, like Cam said, kind of a surprising team to me that they have not really had the uh, the limelight over there in the West since really 2011, 2012. And they are sitting at 71 points tied with the Bruins for the best in the league. The team that I'm really intrigued with what's going to happen when they get back from the All-Star break is the Edmonton Oilers guys. 16 straight wins, one away from the all-time record done by the Pittsburgh Penguins back in 1992-93. Uh, 
16 straight wins, and they're still only at 59 points. Scary th- mm. right there. Yeah, they had a rough start to the season. <laughs> Bouncing back now. I certainly have bounced back pretty strongly, and they're kind of a you know a team that I just if they can get things all together like they have right now, it's it's tough when you're you know we're talking January that they're doing this, but it really comes down to uh, to April and May that to have this happen. But uh, I, I I would like to see history made. Uh, certainly, those Penguins teams had Yarmy Yager, Mario Lemieux. Uh, Kevin, oh, there's another guy. I can't even think of his name right now. But uh, to see a, a, a record broken in, in newer times would be kind of nice because the game has changed significantly since then, for sure. Kind of scary. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's more, there's more like, parity in the league, too. So I feel like it's even more impressive. I mean, you got to remember there's a two-line pass. You couldn't make a pass over two lines back in the day. Uh, that obviously shortened up the game compared to what we see now where there's three goal, three lines, sometimes four lines with passes. Uh, but the Oilers, before winning 16 in a row, you know, if you look at, the, they were 13, 15, and one before they went on the streak. So they were under 500, struggling, and now they're, they've made it to third in the Pacific Division. And uh, we'll see what happens after the All-Star break, which, you know, All-Star game next weekend, obviously the same weekend as the Pro Bowl. I, I, I don't get overly excited i enjoy at least clippets of uh maybe the goalies racing and uh the hardest shot but i'm not gonna sit there next saturday and watch all these games i don't know about you guys yeah probably not we'll see though i mean it could be a snowstorm up here and uh it could be something to do but uh it's just not silly my excitement level isn't through the roof with the all-star games like i i was when i was a kid that was was always the a big deal to be able to watch these games and See if uh, any of the Bruins players could actually do something. I was always more of a fan of the skills competitions myself. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm. Like, agreed. It's just it was way more yeah, fun with those. If I could stack watching like the NFL and the NHL skills competitions, I could kill a few hours. We'll yeah, s- we'll, we'll look forward to talking <sighs> about that next Saturday. Year. Oh, I'm sure we'll right, look next Sunday. Excuse me. All right. <laughs> yeah. Right. That should be a, a big show, a big to do. It's in Toronto at Scotia Bank. I'm sure uh, the city's going to be buzzing for that. It, it's kind of been funny to watch, like where uh, people are like excited about going on vacation with their significant others to a warm climate for a couple of days, or going to Toronto for an All Star game. Uh, I know that I've I've right. seen some of the videos where how do, how excited are you supposed to be with going to uh, to Toronto in the winter time, but. Well, that's like the the NBA All Star Game is in Cleveland this year. <laughs> oh, is it the oh, Cleveland? Weird. Which arguably these are the best All Star jerseys I've seen in maybe like maybe since '96. I don't know. Like these these All Star jerseys that they have for the NBA this year are incredible. Oh, okay, all right. But yeah, Cleveland. Which Cleveland underrated city. Uh, the one thing about the Bruins that I really think that they can work on is um, the power play has just not been that good. Special teams has been uh, has been pretty down in a lot of ways. So if someone that uh, is able to have a nice one-timer, because Pasternak can't do everything. He can't just be, I mean, I, I guess he could be the Alexander Ovechkin of newer days and sit in that same uh, you know slot and be ready for the one-timer, but... Uh, it just feels like they're they could do something else. Uh, a big man down low to block 
to screen the goalie. I don't, you know, just ideas that I have going on in my head. You never want to be one-dimensional. So, I mean, obviously you have Marchand is still on the team and he can generate offense on his own. Charlie Coyle has been probably overperforming, I'd say. Uh, Definitely a great year from him, best that we've seen so far. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Trying to think about so Matthew Petra. I mean, he's still. There's just so many like young guys who are still kind of, I think, in a way, finding their game. Uh, you can't really rely on them too much, but they they're going to need to step up if the team has a chance in the next few years. And for the Bruins, they obviously ten days off is a long time, and that's that's kind of a nice thing to to be able to get all healthy. But then you got to also worry about like how much how much rust is needed. Um, and can these guys stay and and check with uh, with things going further? Um, Charlie McAvoy surprising me with 27 assists on the year, tied for uh, he's in second place with uh, Charlie Coyle right behind him with 24 assists. So good to see a defenseman be able to you know do so much. Uh, but also on the other end, he's got the most penalties in minutes with 55 uh, minutes in the penalty box this year. Charlie Coyle might be one of the yeah. better trades we've pulled off in years. Well, he's a draft pick. Uh, so, out of drafting, yes, I think that that was... Uh, Coyle? Oh, not Coyle. Excuse me. I, th- I thought McAvoy was, was in my head. Uh, yes, no. that, was, that was a very good one for sure from the Wild. Love to see how Trent Frederick has developed 24 points so far this year. Um, I mean, he looks like a legitimate player where like when he came into the league originally we weren't sure if he was even going to be around after you know a couple of years and I didn't think you'd ever make it beyond the fourth line he's contributing a lot on the third maybe get him involved on the power play some more well he's plus 17 on the plus minus on the team tied with Lampus Hindholm for a second uh Brandon Carlo plus 23 pretty good for a centerman to be able to be in that spot but uh the Bruins overall sixth in the league for goals per game at 3.49 goals per game. Uh, fourth in goals against 2.59 goals. Uh, power play, again, not bad. 26%. They're your fifth in the league, but I feel like they could do better. Um, and the penalty kill is seventh. So if you take those numbers, you're going to be happy with most teams. And, you know, obviously we have to still bring the, the negative as much as we can. Uh, good morning to Jason Federson in the Facebook Live. Good to see you back in better than ever. And, um, yeah, for the Bruins, again, I I look forward to getting to a couple games. I know that I will be uh, going to a couple Saturday games in the next few weeks um, as I saw those, uh, those, you know, tickets were not so expensive, so I figured I might as well uh, take a shot and go down and check out some Bruins games on uh, some Saturdays. So looking forward to seeing what the, uh, the TD Garden feels like since – the last time I was there was a uh, a rough one with uh, losing to the the Panthers in Game Seven. So hopefully the Bruins can bring some uh, some wins my way because uh, boy it felt it did it wasn't a fun taste in my mouth last year to to have the uh, go out like that. Uh, I'll be going to see the Kings on the seventeenth, and I'll also be going to the uh, the Capitals on the tenth. So. We'll see what o, Mr. Ovechkin can do against the Bruins in just a few weeks. So, um, They've been terrible. <laughs> which is yeah, kind of weird I mean, to see. 
completely dropped off. Yeah, I, I, I wonder if if Ovechkin will eventually be, break that uh, goal record or not at this point. I, you know, I, I think. You think he stays with Washington? That's the other question too. Is does Washington want sure. to keep him? Do the Bruins take him for cheap money? That could be a fun one. <laughs> yeah, that would be something. <laughs> Just that something to think anything. about. That, that was not something I ever would would have seen coming, but, but I kind of <laughs> no. like thinking about it. Definitely not. I mean, just throwing it out there. It's, uh, you know. That would cause quite the rift in my group of friends, all from DC. <laughs> How is mm-hmm. uh, Greg doing? Good. He just finished moving, so he's settling in. Uh, I'll have to see if there's any other big fights coming up. Yeah, I was going to say, UFC is, uh, obviously, I think the bigger news with the UFC has been the WWE uh, with uh, Vince McMahon uh, officially, officially, officially stepping down from the WWE. He kind of tried to come back and uh, take over business as the executive director uh, because he had that in his contract. But uh, another sexual allegation against him uh, from a former employee of uh, WWE. And uh, now for the first time since 1982, there's not a, or it might be even earlier than that, but there's no uh, McMahon member of the WWE right now. I know that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, guess, I, would... I, know. I guess we all kind of are not shocked by any of it. I guess uh, power brings, uh, you know, too much power brings you, makes you think you're better than everyone. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I, I guess that's a, a, a job for Matt Connerton to talk about as he is uh, the official wrestling man of uh, the 95.3 WMH family. But uh, the it's kind of a weird thing. And, the Royal Rumble, I believe, was last night, and uh, you know they had it at Tropicana Field in Saint Petersburg. Anthony, kind of an interesting yeah, spot to have a Royal Rumble, which uh, obviously they, they used to use that stadium for something. <laughs> to know they had more people there than they do uh, in you know basically a uh, a nine-game homestand. Yeah, I mean, I believe it. I was assuming that that was going to be the joke that was going to be talked about today. Uh, I just I, they used to have the uh, NCAA basketball tournament there as well. So oh really? I guess that makes sense. So they have used it, but forty forty six thousand people were able to get into Tropicana Field to enjoy the Royal Rumble. Or excuse me, forty eight thousand forty four. Sometimes I forget how funny the WWE is. I mean, I, the Royal Rumble is always kind of a fun thing. 30 men going into a ring to try to be the last one standing in the ring. Uh, kind of a, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a, a fun thing to do. I Kind of just, all right, who's going to push everyone out of the ring and who's going to be the winner? Um, and uh, looking at the winner of last night's Royal Rumble, I'm trying to figure this out really quickly. Uh, Bailey win, won the women's. I don't know who Bailey is, but... Um, and Roman Reigns won again, apparently, is what I'm seeing. So uh, congratulations to the Royal Rumble winners of last night's, uh, yeah, Royal Rumble down there in Tropicana Field. So uh, we are hitting the top of the hour here. So unfortunately, uh, we have to take a quick, uh, you know, radio station break here. It's uh, listening to 95.3 WMH. 
we got Mr. Cam Transmontane, Anthony D'Alessandro, and myself, Kyle Heavey here. And stay tuned for more as we have Celtics and other fun things to talk about. You are listening to WMNHLP, Manchester's radio, broadcasting at 95.3 megahertz frequency modulation from the top of 1000 Elm Street. Our studios are located at 1045 Elm Street and licensed to Manchester Public Television Service in Manchester, New Hampshire, USA. Contact us by email at WMNH953 at gmail.com or through our website at WMNHradio.org. Hour number two here at 95.3 WMNH Off The Mark Sports. And uh, yeah, it's been been fun to be back here, guys, in a lot of ways to try to figure things out. And, you know, you obviously can't see what I'm seeing in here, but uh, it's... uh, a, a nice new area for a lot of soundboards, and uh, you know, again, we are at the uh, 119 Canal Street instead of 1045 Elm. So uh, we got to fix that uh, that commercial right there. Is uh, it's outdated now, and uh, we're not outdated. We're back and better than ever, and it's good to be back with you guys here on this Sunday morning. Where is the new studio or studio? It is the uh, officially old Manchester bus station. Where Concord Trailways and Boston uh, Express and uh, Greyhound and all sorts of other buses that used to come through the city. Uh, and Do you get a new board? Uh, board is still the same, but uh, a lot of things are, are different in here for sure. As uh, they're do- they've been doing a lot of work. As uh, I look out into the hallway, I see you know cables being pulled and uh, just they're they're working on things as best they can, but. Uh, I know that Peter White's been in it back for two weeks, and you know, unfortunately, last week I just uh, made an idiot move and couldn't get in the door. Um, so, we're uh, that happens. Yeah, you, know, you got to be able to get through the door if you want to make your way. And uh, unfortunately, I did not get to open the door. And uh, yeah, we're glad to be back either way. And uh, I got to say, for the music shows like Rob Acevedo's Greatest State of Mind and. Uh, Matt Condren's show, the, the sound quality for music is great in this room. So that's something I will say about that. But um, nice. You know, overall, for us, we're, we're, we'll get through this. We'll figure things out, and hopefully we'll get uh, the um, the Zoom or the Skype figured out for next week because uh, I will try to come in another day and figure things out. Um, but a team that yeah, has... that's on my end. Just uh, old, old account information. Hey, it's only so much you can do, and uh, you know we're, we'll get we'll get by for sure. As the uh, another team that's getting by is uh, the Boston Celtics, but they aren't getting by at home lately. Uh, a team that had been unstoppable at home, they now have lost two at the TD Garden this year, including a rough one last night, a one fifteen ninety six loss to the Kawhi Leonard led Los Angeles Clippers. And the Clippers could be a scary team if they are able to make the playoffs. They've looked very good uh, overall. And uh, you got to worry that the Celtics really have uh, have been losing to playoff caliber teams, including to the Bucks, the Nuggets, the Oklahoma City Thunder, and the, uh, the, Golden, well, the Golden State Warriors are a playoff team this year, which is kind of weird to think. But, um, you know, 
Are, are you worried about the, the Celtics at all going forward at 35 and 11, first in the Atlantic division and uh, one of the best teams in the league? Not really. I mean, we are, after we just had the same discussion about these NFL teams, uh, the Celtics are kind of doing the same thing where they're losing to the, all the good teams and they're scoring 140 points against all the bad teams. <laughs> it's, I was going to bring that up. Yes. <laughs> So it's a little, uh, it does kind of freak me out a little bit, but I don't know. Like, you're, I don't know. <laughs> Again, yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to take from it because you're not going to see teams like the Rockets or the Spurs in the playoffs, which you do very well against, but you will see teams like the Pacers or hopefully the Nuggets, and uh, you can't seem to do it with them. Although, to be fair, I will give them the benefit of the doubt that in a seven-game series, I feel like we have a better chance than one game just because, like, these games do end up being so close. You know what I mean? And I don't know what more or less goes into going up against a team like that in game, you know, 24 as opposed to the finals or the Eastern Conference finals. So there's a lot to take in there. But obviously with the with the Pacers getting Pascal Siakam uh, last week, that... That is a little scary. Mm. That doesn't uh, that doesn't make me feel that much better. Uh, the Knicks, like both of these teams making deals that are just making pushing the teams over the top, is a little scary in the playoffs. The Knicks don't scare me, but they do feel like one of those teams that could like upset you in the first round or something like that, and then just get blown out in the second round. Like that wouldn't shock me. Um, so I don't I don't know. I I wonder if we're going to get somebody at the deadline, whether it's like a free agent or through a trade or from a buyout or something like that. Um, I don't know who's who would be available that would fit that. I don't really know. I mean, I guess we could use another big man just for poor Zingas uh, stuff going on, whatever he's got going on, or even mm-hmm. just to lighten the load for him a little bit. But I don't know. The way that they're playing right now is very encouraging, but it makes you think what else they could do or what they, how they could get prepared for the next set, you know, part of the season. The Celtics right now in the well, East are leading the, uh, the bucks by three games, which uh, the bucks and the Celtics obviously with drew holiday going from the bucks, who is their best def- defender to the Celtics, who is definitely their best defender. Uh, that, that could be a heck of a playoff matchup. If that were to happen this year, uh, Cam, I know I, I cut you off there, so I hope you didn't lose your uh, your thought process on that. So I apologize for that. But um, no, that's all right. Uh, yeah, just twenty and twenty and two at home is pretty good. Uh, any team is going to have a tough time to come into uh, the TD Garden at the way things are going. And uh, fifteen and nine on the road is kind of a, a scary thought right there for the Celtics. But uh, you know, we'll see what happens with going forward. But I'm liking that they're scoring 120 points per game. Absolutely. Yeah. As far as uh, potential trade options, Mark Stein has linked them to potentially a Kelly Olynyk trade. Oh. All right. All right. That's, Ooh, that's scary. Are you making a trade with Danny Ainge if you're doing that? <laughs> I feel uh, that that freaks me out a little bit. <laughs> True. I feel like we gave up nothing, and then we're going to end up giving up, you know, the the next best shooting guard. Uh, looking at the rest of the uh, Eastern Conference, you got the Sixers, who had a great game last night, but lost to the uh, Denver Nuggets, 
sitting in uh, third place. The New York Knicks at fourth place, but they just lost Julius Randle to a separated shoulder, and that is a big loss for the Knicks. So we'll see if they are able to stay in the playoff hunt. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, surprising, they are sitting at the fifth spot. The Indiana, Indiana, or Indiana Pacers, excuse me, I don't know why I can't say, I'm so used to Indianapolis, the, the Colts, that Indiana Pacers is kind of tough to shorten it. Uh, sitting at the sixth spot, and in the seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, we got the Heat, Magic, Bulls, and Nets all vying to get in through the uh, the playoffs uh, in one way or another. So, uh, in the Western Conference, has been a surprise. Like I said, is we've been they've been up there since the start of the season. But the Oklahoma City Thunder sitting in first place, Minnesota Timberwolves in just a half game back. The Clippers, who just won last night, five in a row. They've Clippers have won. Sitting in the third spot, the Nuggets, the defending champions, just one game back of the top seed sitting in the fourth spot. So those first four teams in the West are wildly good this year in the West. So that that's going to be a fun one to watch if those two four teams somehow make it into the uh, the semifinals. I would Celtics did beat the Timberwolves not too long ago, so at least there's a, there's one playoff True. game they, they've got to win on. Uh, thank you for that. That's, I didn't even see that, and I know that the uh, the Sacramento Kings have been uh, they've won three in a row, but they're five and five in their last ten. And the <sighs> Phoenix Suns sitting at uh, the sixth spot, they are seven and three, and uh, Durant having a uh, a heck of a game. I, it's been impressive to see how many top scorers have been in the you know Embiid had seventy. Just a couple days ago, um, Luca had 73, I believe it was the other day. So uh, NBA certainly is enjoying uh, some of their stars getting a lot of points per game overall this season. Been kind of fun to watch for sure. Uh, oh yeah, oh sure. And so, I, we, yeah, will, will Jason Tatum have a 60-point game sometime this season? That'd be kind of fun to see. But it uh, doesn't seem like th- this has been a, certainly a team-navigated team. And, yeah, there's some days where Jason gets hot or Jalen gets hot. But uh, as long as they keep winning, that's all that matters to me because it's, it's tough when you score 70 points and you don't even get the win. The last time Tatum had 60 was April 30th, 2021, <laughs> against the Spurs. Wow. Okay, well, the Spurs last night, I don't know if you guys saw that, they had a, a bat in the house, um, and none of, oh, the, really? none of the players wanted to try to get the bat. Uh, their mascot, who was wearing a Batman suit, was trying to catch the bat with a, a, um, a net. Uh, pretty wild to watch. I, I actually enjoyed watching it because they, they really were struggling to try to figure out how to get this game back in action with, uh, with a bat flying Wait. around. Their mascot was in a Batman suit. <laughs> he was in a Batman suit trying to catch the bat. Chasing after a bat. I that's see. Amazing. That's like out of a cartoon. Exactly. It was, uh, <laughs> uh, and, and their mascot definitely looks like a cartoon. So it was, it was pretty funny to see. Huh. Um, wow. Looking at today's games, Oklahoma City versus Detroit. Uh, you want to take a guess at how many wins Detroit has this season? Six. <laughs> Cam, any guesses? The Detroit Pistons, how many wins they have? Correct. Um, five. You are correct. Cam gets it five and 40 on the season here, guys. Five oh, wins wow. and 40 losses. Oh, That's my impressive. God. Most <laughs> intentional. <laughs> he, 
it's 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 like they could do better in um in you know NBA 2K24 or something like that. It's just it's it's crazy to me that they are just five and forty on the season right now. Uh, this rate they might tie the tie or beat the record for the most losses in one season. Um, but what is the record? Are they tanking? At, at this rate, yes. I, I thought I I thought Cunningham was pretty good last year. I enjoyed watching the Pistons. Why didn't they do this last year though? <laughs> like. I guess they did. They probably just lost out in the lottery. I mean, the the Spurs have gotten lucky each time that they've uh, they've gotten the, Ooh, the number been one on pick. Tankathon in a while. Let's see what the because the big I don't know. Well, I get see this draft isn't even the one worth tanking for either. If anything, wait for Cooper Flag next year. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, them in Detroit, Detroit, or Detroit and Washington. Washington has eight wins. I didn't realize this that uh, the Spurs actually beat 113-112 the Minnesota Timberwolves last night. So Victor Wembanyama, uh, you know, certainly, I, I can't say it. I know. <laughs> Go ahead, Anthony. Tell me how I, to say it. I just it. wasn't sure where that one was going. Wembanyama, there we go. I said it right now. Um, is certainly bringing a lot of energy. I actually kind of want to see him when he comes to Boston, just because. Uh, I think they've played here twice. I wanted to go to one of those games, too, and I missed it. I mean, Celtics games are so expensive these days. It's uh, kind of a tough spot. Yeah, it's hard to spend $150 on the first, like, three weeks of the season, too. That's the only thing that stopped me. Uh, he finished with 23 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 blocks, and 2 steals. And was a plus 14 um, out there. So, obviously, and to see, I mean, at this rate, he might win Rookie of the Year. Uh, time will tell on that, but uh, at, at the same time, it was kind of interesting last night to watch the. Uh, I watched a little bit of the Warriors and the Lakers, uh, two overtime game with the Lakers winning one forty five, one forty four. But uh, to see the both teams were playing at five hundred or below, and for the two biggest uh, marketed teams in the West, it was kind of weird to see that they are not in the playoffs or either team right now. Uh, stats overall in the league, you got uh, Joel Embiid averaging 36 points per game. Uh, Luka Doncic, who had a great game last week uh, as well with a big win um, at 36 points per game. Uh, I forget what how many points he had in that one game. 73. Yes, he did have 73 points in that game. Um, I guess it was against the Atlanta Hawks, but... Uh, um, it's just weird to see NBA players scoring 60 and 70 points like it's nothing. And uh, will we see in our time uh, someone get up to 100 and e- eclipse Wilt Chamberlain? I, it would be kind of nice to see since there's no footage besides him holding a piece of paper saying 100 on it. Yeah, I don't know. Because that, that would... I don't even know how that would be possible. Like, uh, without without forcing it. Exactly. You know? I mean, if you go back and look at Kobe Bryant's 81, that was pretty impressive to watch, but they just force-fed him the ball the whole entire time, and he was facing a pretty bad uh, Toronto Raptors team as Jalen Rose and Matt Bonner can, uh, can... Well, they won't say it, but they, they know that they weren't the best team that year. Um, let's see. I'm trying to see if... Uh, yeah, I don't know if I'd see that happening in the modern age, just like I think players are generally... Like almost like every other league, there's more parity now than there was 
50 years ago in whatever league you're talking about now. Oh, wait. And there hasn't been anyone like Kobe, really, since Kobe. Um, yeah, I don't think I see that happening. <laughs> uh, impressive stat lines. The in-nap, Indiana... Why can't I say this today this morning, guys? The Indiana Pacers leading the league with 125 points per game. Um on the other side, the Minnesota Timberwolves only allowing teams to score 107 points. But the, the thing about it is both the defensive and offensive, the Celtics are in fourth place, which you don't really see on mm-hmm. from anywhere else. That The Celtics are only giving up 110 points, but are scoring 120. So that's the reason why the Celtics are looking so good. Um, also, the Celtics leading the league in rebounds, 47.5 rebounds. They're also usually scoring that 120 points with guys like Hauser and Pritchard on the floor, too. Yeah, I, which I've enjoyed Pritchard this year. Uh, as someone that I didn't think that he was going to be staying after last season, he did not seem like he was happy getting his you know limited playing time, but uh, he was really the seventh man on the bench with Marcus Smart and everyone else, but... To see him this year, uh, being well, that's able to... what happens when you trade two point guards. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You finally get your playing time. Uh, another stat that I thought was kind of interesting: the Celtics leading the league in block shots this year, six point five blocks per game. And uh, I don't know if you saw Jason Tatum swatting away uh, his former teammates and. In the game against the Mavs a couple days ago, that was the kind of a surprise. Derek White getting the block on the half court shot. Yes, um, that was kind of funny to see that. Uh, you know, whatever you got to do to stop shots from going in, you, you got to do. I love Luke Cornett's uh, contest. You know, where he just kind of, if he's not in position to block a shot, he just puts his hands up and uh, tries to block the view of the rim. It's a it's a great move right there. Is yeah, uh, it's been going around the league ever since. <laughs> they can't see the basket. How do you know where where you're shooting at? It's it's a good point. Just mm-hmm. something that ruins the rhythm. That's all it takes. Did we uh, did we mention the the drama up in uh, Milwaukee? You know, I I don't I haven't followed that too too much. If you want to get into that a little bit more, I'd very uh, certainly. Uh, I've, I've heard enough that it's just uh, the the camaraderie between um, Giannis and uh, their big free agent acquisition uh, and, and then firing their coach. It's been kind of an interesting thing to see what Dame and Giannis is, is able to do this year. But at the same time, yeah. now, you, now you got Doc Rivers in town. Exactly. Doc Rivers back in the league. I guess Adrian Griffin was not getting along with uh a lot of the other staff and Giannis and uh, other players. So uh, the guy that they brought in, Terry Stotts, to uh, to mentor Griffin ended up leaving because uh, they just weren't seeing eye to eye. And, uh, yeah, Griffin's out. I mean, their defense hasn't been this bad since before Mike Bodenhauser. Uh, excuse me. Uh, is it Bodenhauser? I forget how yeah, to say it. Yeah, that sounds right, yeah. Bodenhauser, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's. Excuse me. over there. But yeah, though that's been interesting to see. They're second in the East. Um but their defense has just been so bad and there's been so much uh controversy inside the building over like players not believing in him to Adrian Griffin to take them into the championship. Uh they have now brought in former championship coach, Doc Rivers. Well 
We we bring up the fact that he's a championship coach because he's done it once. Why aren't we calling him the uh, the president of being bounced in the second round coach? Because he's done that about fifteen times more. Very true. Very true. That this this move made me very much like less uh, scared of the Bucks. <laughs> honestly. Yeah, it just seems like a lot of chaos in that in that room right now. No, I'm assuming, like, uh, it's already kind of been discussed, but Doc Rivers has been cooking that up behind the scenes the whole season. But I just think, again, you put a guy in with a team with the best player in the league, and what can he do with it? Because he also had Joel Embiid and Jimmy Butler on the same starting five before, and what did they do? <laughs> it's a very valid I point. I, just, I have no faith in anything Doc Rivers can do anymore. Wow. All right, all right. It's interesting to think about here, Anthony. Uh, they they have him signed until twenty twenty seven, and I guarantee what? you, he like maybe makes it out of next season. That's wild. I didn't know it was. That seems a little too too much, in my opinion. Uh, what to, to have him signed for that long? Like most. Yeah, I don't know what how do, how you make that decision of him to come in out of nowhere in the middle of the season and then lock him up for like three years. Like I don't really understand what the Bucks are doing over there. Well, they're scoring 124 points per game, but to know that your head coach can't even make it, uh, and uh, again, Chris Middleton, Dame Lillard, and Giannis are uh, a heck of a three-headed uh, monster. And again, I look forward to seeing what that will bring with the uh, the playoffs, because you know they're gonna be they're gonna be chomping at the bit. It's just a matter of who will get that one seed with, uh, again, the Celtics with a three-game head start right now. And, uh, you know, I, I believe the, the Celtics next play the Pelicans um, on Monday, which could be interesting. Yeah, if, Pelicans and Pacers this week. Uh, the thing about the Pelicans game I see a little issue is hopefully the, you know, the plane can get in uh, with this snowfall. Yeah. That's uh, always something to to think about. Is uh, obviously you know ho- wishing for the best for the uh, the pilots of the the plane crash that happened on Friday morning here in uh, Londonderry. Is uh, he, he was delivering something? But I think uh, a little plane compared to a big plane is a big difference. You're not wrong. So again, you never like to see planes falling from the sky. So hopefully that's all right. Uh, yeah, you hate to see that. I hate to say yeah, it, but it's usually a tough one. Um, also, an, another thing: congratulations to the uh, Michigan Wolverines who were able to win the NCAA football championship this year. And well, uh, something seems up that Jim Harbaugh would quickly be able to leave and go find a new home with the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Um, so. What do you mean? You've never just pulled a pin on a grenade, thrown it in a room, and walked away? Oh, I've never seen Pete Carroll do that. <laughs> it's, uh, Did you know, do that at USC? I don't really remember him in his college days. Uh, well, those those stats don't aren't up there anymore. As uh, He was only a coach for a little bit of time there before all those uh, wins got taken away. But, uh, again, the Harbaugh, who had coached the San Francisco 49ers to a Super Bowl appearance and... Uh, well, he was able to get Michigan back to the top there, finally after a number of years, which I didn't think he was ever going to get there. But uh, they had a heck of a team, and um, the Chargers... They never lost a step, even when he was, like, so quote-unquote banned from the game or suspended for a minute there. Yeah, they, they kept did, winning. They never really lost a step. 
Well, I mean, as we know, the teams that cheat the best usually do win. <laughs> Very true. Um, and now Sharon Moore, the guy who was like, uh, you know, crying in the post game, is their new head coach. So at least they got someone who really cares about the team. I was rooting for a uh, an Alabama Michigan. I felt like that was going to be the the best of two evils uh, if that were to happen. But uh, instead, Michigan. Uh, did not have to play them, and they uh, um, face beat up on a Washington State uh, Huskies team, which uh, was all right. I mean, I, I'm happy to see. I was rooting for a team to to win something else um, because Michigan has won multiple times in the in the way past, but it didn't happen. And you know, it's kind of an interesting thing to see what's uh, what's happening with the. Uh, the, the football season for sure. Yeah, they've been a they've been a pretty consistent like kind of funny collapse team that we've been used to. I mean, Ohio State felt like they had their number for a long, long time. Oh yeah, but again, then you know that the Ohio State thing kind of ran out, so it's like, all right, now you're just taking advantage because you're it's your turn kind of deal. I guess they were able to just stay better. I don't know. I like Wisconsin in the Big Ten, so I don't really like Michigan that much. So. I, I'm sorry to bring that I'm, up. I'm pretty biased, but yeah, you know. Well, it'll be interesting to see Billy O'Brien leaving the Patriots and now will be with Ohio State with uh, uh, you know, Coach. I was it Coach O'Brien. I forget who the. This is bad that I'm forgetting the Ohio State coach. Who? Bill O'Brien. Yeah, day. There we go. Um, yes. Manchester's own, I guess, in a lot of ways since he grew up around wow, here. Wow, you forgot about that guy too? Damn. Well, it's been a few weeks and I just college football is not really what I was uh, thinking about, but it's kind of cool to see uh, a lot of Patriots talk in college football with uh, Kayshawn Booty also arrested on Thursday for right. illegal sports betting while playing at LSU. Uh if you go back and look at some of these uh, games, it's pretty hilarious to see him flipping out on the sidelines, knowing that he had put bets on himself to uh, get over 80 yards receiving in a touchdown, and he only had 20 yards and no touchdown. Uh, if you haven't seen that, it's pretty hilarious to, to see. But he made more than 8,900 wagers uh, and at least 17 bets on NCAA, NCAA football games, including at least six involving LSU with his time. Uh, issue is he didn't even change. Uh, he didn't even get creative with a name. He, it was Kayshawn Booty, uh, was his mm-hmm. betting name. So, I mean, based off of what I've heard about the way he was betting and his record, uh, he'd probably be fine if he just stopped playing football. <laughs> he was that good. Mm-hmm. Okay. The uh, the New England Patriots are aware that Kayshawn Booty is cooperating with Louisiana police regarding their investigation into an underage gambling charge while he was a student at LSU. Um, so the Patriots did release a statement on that. He did set an SEC single-game record with 308 receiving yards as a freshman against Ole Miss in December 2020. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what. Uh, obviously, there's a reason why he dropped into the sixth round in last year's draft, and uh, obviously there was uh, reports of a sex ring as well. So, um, Kayshawn Booty doing things at LSU like no other. Yeah, they really rode off the coattails of that 19 team, huh? They really did. Absolutely. 
And, uh, well, we'll see what's going to happen with him as uh, Gerard Mayo, again, now the head coach, uh, is, uh, will make some decisions. And um, we're going to be looking forward to the draft in just a few weeks to see what exactly the Patriots will do. Uh, uh, oh, but we obviously got to get through today. First, and then you guys hear about the um, about the sexual assault case in um, involving uh, some players that were on the World Junior Team 2018 Canada's gold medal winning 2018 Junior Team. You know when you you guys were talking about who was in the trades, I was trying to pull that up to see who exactly were these players, and uh, they've all been um, kind of I wouldn't say released, but suspended from each team while this allegations are going on. Uh, and it's kind of a sad given thing. Given a leave of absence. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Michael McLeod, Cal Foot, Carter Hart, Dylan Doobie, and then former player Alex Formentin, who plays in Europe now. Um, yeah, so not too much has come out about that yet, but we do know that they are all reporting to the London, Ontario police. Um. It, it happened back in 2018 when they were part of the uh, world junior team, like you said. And uh, boy, it's just, it's, you, you know, I know that there were, they try to, they pay it, pay this person um, and to, for $3.5 million in damages. They tried to uh, keep this, sweep this under the rug and be able to be good. And um, instead uh, things have come out that the, uh, you know, Returned to the player's room and, you know, and, and things went down. I'm not going to read it too, too much, but, uh, um, yeah, it's, it's not a, not a good thing. And, uh, you know, this is a big bad look on, uh, the world juniors for sure as, you know, these are the next up and coming players that usually are going to be stars in the national hockey league. And, and now this is a, a really bad scandal that's been going on here. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely, uh, a lot of them are currently stars, um, except for that last guy. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, it's a big deal. So not a good look. And this is just 20 hours ago that uh, really things have been going on. And uh, it was a fundraising gala. And, well, I guess uh, uh, things happen differently at, at certain galas. Uh, and Ontario police obviously will be very busy with that. So uh, certainly a lot going on there. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other uh, interesting, fun stories that we've missed in the past few weeks. That uh, yeah, baseball's been uh, disgustingly quiet. So, well, obviously, obviously the Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame guys, that was cool. Uh, Todd Helton getting into the Hall yep. of Fame as one of the big. Which, I didn't think he was going to get in. I'll be completely I, honest with you. I, you know, I kind of had a. It's the the amount of. Uh, I just had this conversation the other day, but. The, the quality of the type of guys being let in going forward is not going to be the same as with the way we've been talking about guys for the last, like, 30 years. So that's where it's going to be like, oh, Todd Helton, first ballot. Like, yeah, 10 years ago, if he were to get in under the same circumstances, that would have been insane. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's what's going to be interesting. I didn't expect really anybody that got in to be first ballot i knew like beltray would get in i just i figured it would take it like there's not a lot of guys that you think about when you think about like first ballot guys that you know what i mean like when was the last time we had a first ballot guy was was it ortiz 
Yeah, Ortiz was definitely in there. Uh, Is he the last one? Though? I think like, he was the last. Yeah, that's, that's all I can think of off the top of my head. Like, I, I wasn't expecting there to be another first ballot Hall of Famer until, like, Ichiro. Like, he's been he's been a bona fide first ballot Hall of Famer since the, the last, you know, pitch he took. Or the last, you know, inning he played. That was a guaranteed shoe-in. Like, he, he should have been able to walk off the field and into the, the Hall of Fame. But I wasn't expecting, like, all three of these guys to be first ballot Hall of Famers. So you got Adrian Beltre, Joe Maurer, and Todd Helton signed into the Hall of Fame, uh, which obviously they're all pretty good. I think Helton got uh, enjoyed playing in uh, Colorado, up in Denver in a mile high. I think that uh, obviously he was still good. And to know that he was... Yeah, I mean, we just saw Larry Walker get in, so... Uh, Yeah. Uh, and to know that uh, Todd Helton was the backup quarterback to Peyton Manning at Tennessee was still surprising. I did, I've kind of forgotten yeah, I about didn't know that. that either. That was funny. Uh, Joe Maurer, who was uh, exceptional as he was the Mr. Minnesota's player of the year in football and also averaged 24 points in basketball. So Joe Maurer had it everywhere. Um, and then Adrian yeah. Beltre, who has been certainly one of my favorite players to watch. Um, with his time, brief mm-hmm. time with the Red Sox and um, with the uh, you know the Rangers and another a lot of... idiot move by the Red Sox front office letting him go. Come on, what are you talking about? <laughs> we go, we win the World Series mm-hmm. in 08 if he's still on that team. I... If we lock him up. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And um, you know, great teams. Or 2008? Did I say 18? Whatever. Well, it was 2008. Yeah. We obviously won in 18. Um, going into next season, there should be some interesting ones with uh, Ichiro being up there as oh. well as uh, uh, King Felix. No. You don't think Hernandez will get in with his perfect game? Um, and- I'm going to pull up his stats right now. There's He's in the Hall of Very Good. There's no way he's getting into the Ooh, Hall of Fame. Cam, what's your thoughts? Oh, I'm sorry. I was reading something. I missed it. What was it? Felix Hernandez. Pitcher won two. He was good, but he was never like spectacular. Like he won a Cy Young. He won one Cy Young. I thought he uh, won two. We're asking if he gets in the Hall of Fame. Oh yes. Do you think? Would you put him in the Hall of Fame? Six-time All Star. Mm. Six-time All Star, two-time ERA title, one-time Cy Young. Oh, just one. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. He's probably a fringe guy for me. I'd probably vote Billy him Wagner, in, but I think gets in next I, year. I vote in. I'm, I, I lean towards voting people in more than not. Uh, some of the big names that I'm seeing for next year is uh, Curtis Granderson, Adam Jones, Ian Kinsler, Russell Martin, Brian McCann, Dustin Pedroia, Hanley like, Ramirez. These are all guys that were like fun, but none of them are like Hall of Famers. Like even Dustin Pedroia, love him to death, uh, not a Hall of Famer. CC like, Sabathia. Troy Tulowitzki and Ben Zobrist. So, Sabathia, Sabathia could be interesting because he got over. Did he get over? Oh no, he had two hundred wins, not three hundred wins, right? Or was he the last pitcher to get two hundred, three hundred wins? Um, and Mariano Rivera is the one and only unanimous Hall of Famer. Uh, so will Ichiro match that? 
and be a unanimous Hall of Famer next year. Well, I was just looking at the votes, too. 425 votes is what uh, Mariano Rivera got. So I'm going to assume that that is the number that you need to be unanimous. Okay. Adrian Beltre got 366. Hmm. Wow. So, like, he was, like, I'm, I'm like, I, I'm, I find it, like, again, you look at these guys, and you can't tell the story of at least their, their teams without them. Uh, Joe Maurer is arguably one of those guys you can say you can't tell the story of baseball without discussing Joe Maurer, which Beltre too, but Maurer winning like back-to-back MVPs and being like uh, one of the the best catchers in the league and yada yada, um, didn't get as many votes as Adrian Beltre. Adrian Beltre, I mean, obviously, I think a lot of his points come from just being how like loved he was around the league and the way that. Like there's there's young guys that I can't even remember who it was, I think it was one of the rookies, one of the cruises, or one of the one of the big guys that's been, I can't remember who it was this year, was talking about how like his entire career leading up to that moment he's been idolizing and styling his play his like play at third, with like just watching Adrian Beltre and like that is still the same influence that he has on guys in the league, even though you know. Some guys just talk about it as if, like, oh, yeah, I got to see him or I got to play with him and yada, yada. But, like, I, I can imagine he got a lot of uh, style points. You know what I mean? When it came <laughs> to this decision. Which I love him. I, I'm glad. I'm glad. Like, him him being first ballot is awesome. Because mm-hmm. he's definitely a Hall of Famer. But I got the uh, the Hall of Fame statistics up for Felix Hernandez and... He's not really all that close. Like when they talk about <laughs> black ink, gray ink, Hall of Fame monitors and standards and stuff, he's like, he's at 28. The average is 40 for gray ink. He's at 138. The average is 185. The monitor number is 67. The the likely Hall of Famer number is 100. So like he's he's exactly. It's almost like they need to create a specific tier for these kind of guys because if this is the case. Hernandez, Pedroia, and maybe Adam Jones are getting in first, or at least Hanley Ramirez are getting in first ballot in the in the you know in the Hall of Fame light. I don't see Hanley Ramirez right. getting in at all. Um, Pedroia, he's at least... got a World Series. He had a good peak. Like you know, he has the same kind of he has a similar kind of argument as like Adam Jones probably has. Yeah, Adam Jones was just on a tough uh, Orioles roster. That, you know, those years are were pretty difficult for him, but, uh, you know, he did what he could for the, the, the O's. Yeah. I, I think, uh, what's his face? Uh, Billy Wagner is definitely going to get in next year too. Wow. Okay. All right. Uh, I gotta say, looking at the stats for CC of Sabathia, 3,093 strikeouts, 251 career wins with the Indians, Brewers, and Yankees winning a Cy Young Award and obviously a World Series championship. So um, the 3,000 strikeout club membership is uh, is pretty good and to know his longevity. Um, but will he be first ballot? I don't know. I, well, uh, I don't know because... Ah, um, oh, man. This is the last but, chance for Wagner. I didn't even realize that, Anthony. Yeah, which, again, he was coming up a lot in the conversation with the, my friends that we were talking about last week of, like, how is he even a guy that's being considered? And it's like his numbers are insane. He held a career 2.6 ERA 
playing with nothing but like mediocre to bad teams. Like he was on like that bad Mets team in the mid two thousands. He was on like um, he was on the Astros when they weren't really doing anything at all. Like you know what I mean. So to be able to get over four hundred saves and keep an ERA that low when you played on teams like that is is impressive in its own right. Especially for you know you're starting to see that with more and more with guys. Like we just had like the the discussions and like all the conversations and everything with DHs when it came to Edgar Martinez and David Ortiz getting in. And like you, you've seen it recently in the NFL with like kickers and stuff, more of that, more of those guys and offensive linemen getting into the hall of fame. So I think this is just going to be the, the same kind of Renaissance for closing pitchers. Um, obviously Hoffman was like a God in his time. So he was an easy one when he went in, but like, there's a lot of other guys that didn't get the same shine as like Rivera and Hoffman that were still just as impressive, like Billy Wagner. 422 saves is a lot of saves to keep that those wins. So, uh, yeah, I could see him possibly getting in uh, for next year with CC and uh, Ichiro for sure. Yeah, so. Ichiro's not even yeah, not even a question. Uh, let's see anything else that I'm missing here that I, uh, you know, Cam, I know you're reading anything that you want to bring up. Uh, there's not much going on, at least, uh, as far as like the Cincinnati Reds go, I was trying to see like what was new with them, but, um, just kind of like some news about some of their prospects and how they might shuffle around their, uh, bevy of infielders. Yeah, they got to make a move we'll between, between them and the Orioles. They need to go out and trade one or two infielders for a pitcher. Like the fact yeah. that the Orioles haven't done that yet is just annoying. All right, I have a fun game for you guys here. I have the top ten teams with the most Major League Baseball wins since two thousand. You want to take a guess at the, these these top ten teams? Sure. The Cardinals. Most wins since 2000? Since 2000. The Tampa Bay Rays? No, Rays are not on this. The Cardinals are third place with 2,096 wins. I want to say the Red Sox, but the way that they've been losing games the last couple of years could make me think that that number has dropped. But, yeah, the Red Sox. They're in fourth place. Fourth place with 2,064. Uh, Yankees are number one, 2,192 oh. wins over since 2000. The... Wow, that's crazy. So over the last 25 years, they must have won a ton of championships then. <laughs> um, um, the Dodgers, <laughs> Dodgers in second place with 2,141 wins. So you have the top four teams oh, right there. Shock. Um, San Francisco Giants. They are in fifth place, 1,972 wins. So you have number five, uh, seven, eight, nine, and ten to go. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I think some Cleveland? of these, yeah. You know what? You're right. Cleveland Ooh, is yeah. number they, nine. They have, uh, uh, early 2000s and the mid and recently. 1,954 uh, wins. Okay. Something in me wants to. No, I don't know. Because, like, the Astros were so bad for so long. Mm-hmm. So were the Marlins. But then flip-flopped. The Astros have won a ton lately, whereas the Marlins haven't won a ton lately, but they won a ton early. I'll help you out. Astros have climbed up to the number 10 spots. 1,941 oh, okay. right. wins. 
So you're missing uh, number five, seven, and eight right now. Phillies? Phillies, surprisingly, have are not on this list. I think they are number yeah. 11. Um, I'll give you a hint. This team is has uh, won a championship uh, in the past couple of years in the NL. That's two hints. This team recently won a championship in the for the National League. It can't be Washington. No, it's more recent. Uh, who is the other National League team that just won? They won two years ago. <coughs> they have oh, the, who won two years? the most exciting player in the league who... Just hit the forty seventy mark. Oh, the Braves. The Braves. There you go. Mm. 2,063 wins. Just yeah, one behind sense. the Red Sox. Uh, and these last two teams, I actually was surprised with. I'll just kind of help your heads right now. Sitting in the seventh spot. Wait, the, is the Minnesota Twins on this list? Because they, if they are, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> no, you're even going to be even more mad at these two teams. Uh, um, you got to remember how good they were in the in the 2000s. The Anaheim, Los Angeles, whatever they are, Angels. Mm, okay. With 1,971. Yeah. And this team was the surprise for me. Sitting in the number eight spot. Don't tell me it's Oakland. You are right. Oh God, I I, wow. I was sitting on that one, <laughs> and I didn't want to say it. <laughs> one, mean, hey, Barry Zito and Miguel Tejada were legit. I don't want to. I don't want to hear some mediocre tell me movie tell me otherwise. But one thousand nine hundred and sixty-one oh. wins for the Oakland Athletics, soon to be Las Vegas Angels or Las Vegas Athletics. Um, yeah, I, just, I was hearing Utah was making a push to try and get them. Are they really legitimate push or if it's just them expressing that they want a team? But I mean, nothing has truly been finalized. Uh, Also for major league baseball, I grabbed the, uh, the list of the teams that are the, the fans that drink the most uh, during major league baseball games. Uh, It is not the Red Sox. Surprisingly, the Chicago white Sox, they average 4.2 drinks per game, costing an average uh, alcoholic $46 each game for the Chicago White Sox. Um, the Red Sox on this list, 3.2 drinks per game, averaging out at $33, which I don't believe that's true since I feel like I spend a lot more than $32 at Fenway. Uh, Are you getting the, the expensive beers, though? I Well, it, I guess I... Uh, I don't know. Aren't they all? Aren't they? Yeah, exactly. That's true, too. Well, yeah, but there's, like, the $14 ones, and there's, like, the $9 ones. Uh, good news for you, Cam, is that uh, the Cincinnati Reds are sitting in the, th- the third spot with 3.8 drinks per game, averaging $40 a game. So they are number three. Uh, the Braves were number two at four drinks per game at $32. $32? Man, uh, drinks are cheap at Atlanta. Um. The team that drinks the least, which surprises me, I don't understand this, is uh, the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, 
That's is that just because they're sneaking in their own liquor? I, that's what I'm thinking myself because it right. seems like a little odd that uh, the Oakland Athletics are second lowest. I expect that because they don't have a big fan base, uh, at least these days. Um, so it's been kind of a fun thing to see. I know that uh, I've been to the Rockies and I definitely drank uh, 3.6 drinks that game that day for sure. Well, you don't need as much up there either. So no, I, I I definitely have appreciated that in the past. Um, is not having to drink that much. So, um, yeah, so at least, uh, some fun things for, uh, for baseball talk for a little bit until, uh, we, you know, it's only yeah, a few more weeks, a few more weeks. Or, I mean, at least, I mean, we still also need to figure out like where Blake Snell's going to play and like, there's still a lot of free agents. I, I don't really understand. I mean, I guess we see this probably every few years where people wait until, you know, February or, you know, guys like Dallas Keuchel who waited until, like, June to sign with a team. Uh, Cody Bellinger, where is he going to go? Um, where is uh, – I'm trying to think some other – I'm, I'm thinking he might go back to the Cubs, which I think it's weird that they didn't trade him or Stroman during the season because they wanted to try and keep a core of guys for a potential playoff team, and then they lose Stroman in the mm-hmm. offseason. And and Bellinger up until you know at least until he signs somewhere. Uh, the f- top five World Series odds favorite by FanDuel. The Dodgers are favored at plus three fifty. The Braves at plus five fifty. The Astros at plus eight hundred. The Yankees at plus eight fifty, and the Texas Rangers at plus eleven hundred. Uh, for your fantasy or for your your picks this so far. Uh, in January. But uh, obviously it's going to be interesting to see what the Dodgers can do with Shohei Otani and can he stay healthy this year? Uh, that's going to be another storyline to see what's going on with well, that. Well, no, because he's re- already recovering from something. <laughs> well, he, he, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, he just seems like every year it's uh, it's something. Last year was blisters and stuff like that. And now obviously... Um, uh, happy retirement to Dr... Um, Dr. James Andrews. Oh, God. He is officially oh, retiring from doing any of those uh, surgeries. So, um, obviously, a, a a name that we have heard so many times in our... I was going to say, one of the most famous doctors of all time. He is officially allowed to uh, to put down the, the, the knife. Or the, I don't know what, how he does his surgeries these days, but he calls it a career. Um, I mean, see if they I can find some of the top players that he's ever you know done every surgeries. every every good player that's made over a hundred million that's had bad elbow problems. He's he's worked with. Yeah, uh, pretty wh- pretty wow. much everybody. I mean, just so, look at these uh, these four big names that I'm seeing on the list: Michael Jordan, Troy Aikman, Jack Nicholas, and Hulk Hogan have all had surgeries from him. Um, wow. I mean, this is it's incredible to see what he's been able to do. Um, but he's also given back to a lot of things like the uh, Little League World Series. Um, you you, you got to wonder if maybe he's putting in to get back later on as well. You know? Yeah, right. And uh, get introducing, introducing himself to some kids and parents early on. Yep, I can see that. Thank you. I'm glad you can Investment see Investment in the future. Exactly. Like, hey, remember when I did this? you back in the day i got you those jerseys and 
Uh, oh, you need a, a surgery. Let me see. I can probably do this. Let's let's have you, you down here. You, you really think that that's the case? He's going to retire and then wait a decade for one of those kids' arms to fall off so that he can... No, no. He this is probably what he's he done in the past. I mean, he's been doing this since 1990, 1992, as oh, yeah, yeah. Al Leiter was one of his first uh, people that he did the surgery on. And then Leiter went on to win two World Series um, and made $68 million. So... Uh, Boy, um, 25 years doing different surgeries. It's pretty impressive to see what he was able to do. And, um, yeah, we'll see what the who the next big surgeon will be in due time. Because um, it's not. The uh, Australian Open just finished. Oh, thank you. Or I was seed. actually. Yannick, Yannick Sinner just won it. Uh, kind of an interesting thing to see is. Uh, this is the first time that there was no Jokic. There was no... Oh, no, excuse me. That's Medvedev. That's not Center. That's Medvedev. <laughs> um, no Federer. No, uh, it just, it's weird to see that there's just a new, new winner here um, in the Australian Open. Oh, so Yannick Center did win it, but Medvedev is just speaking as a finalist right now. Oh, okay, okay. Got it. Okay. I was confused why... It was saying center one, but Medvedev was speaking. Apparently, he made a big comeback to uh, to get back. He was down two sets, and he was able to come back and, and win it. So, um, Yes, sir. It's, I, I'm glad you got to see it, because I, I obviously don't have any TVs in here either. It's kind of a sad thing. that uh, may, Maybe that's something I can bring up to the boss. Um, Sounds try like to, you should. I feel like I should. It would be nice to see some sports in here, especially when breaking news happens. Um, I know that yesterday was uh, the uh, anniversary of Kobe Bryant passing away. That was a, a, a sad morning. Uh, obviously, we just found I out. I it was earlier in the month for some reason. No, it was, it was late. And uh, obviously, there's been other big things. 22-year-old Italian. Pretty. I'm, I'm just sorry. I'm reading about this, uh, this winner here that you're seeing, Cam. Yeah, that, 22 years there's, old. There's no context to that. I don't know what that means. Sorry. I just I was looking at golf or the, this. This uh, Australian Open winner. I was. Yeah, I had never heard of him before. Young guy. Very young, so. Um, kind of a weird name, especially for an Italian. Yeah, it's it's not a. You're just born in, into it sometimes. What's his name? Yannick Sinner. Yannick, Yannick Sinner. He must be from like North Italy, where it. Yeah, okay, I'm checking right now. He basically lives in Sweden say, or like Switzerland. He has some Greek roots like most do. <laughs> yeah, he lives way up in northern Italy, like right on the, the border of Austria, so I guess that makes sense. Well, again... San Dan Candido, Italy. Uh, obviously, the Alps. we are just three hours away from the AFC Championship game today between the Chiefs and the Ravens. Uh, again, weather looking to be a factor today. The Ravens are favored by four and a half, which to me seems, uh, you know, is that too much? Uh, they do have uh, their big tight end and Mark Andrews returning for this game, which is a huge thing uh, as he has been out with an ankle injury for, for a number of weeks. Isaiah likely, I thought, did a heck of a job filling in for him uh, while he was out. But uh, to now have two decent size, uh, capable tight ends back in the play, um, and will we see another hundred yard rush from, uh, 
from Lamar Jackson. That today's game is going to be interesting. As uh, again, there's a lot of injuries going on for the Chiefs. So, will the uh, the Taylor Swift Travis Kelsey run be over after today? We'll see. Isaiah. Yeah, and will Taylor Swift be in Baltimore? Who knows? Oh, well, I could definitely see the, the the Ravens taking this four and a half. I'm not sure. Um, you never you never really want to count the Chiefs out, obviously. But yeah, I mean, I, the Ravens just look I'm, like a more complete team. I'm torn on that right now because I'm going to be so mad if the Chiefs win, but it's hard to pick against the Ravens. Thirteen and four, first in the AFC North this year. Uh, poss- most likely going to be the uh, NFL MVP in Lamar Jackson this year. I don't see. I mean, I, yeah, I, I think the Christian McCaffrey's had a great year, um, but to see what Lamar has been able to do with even a number of injuries has been pretty impressive. Um, Ooh, breaking news! Oh, well, it, it's technically not legal, so it's not actually breaking news. But Ben Johnson is supposedly going to be taking over the Washington Commanders. Wow. Okay. Ben Johnson. Well, huh. maybe he would like to look at uh, Bill Belichick as a head coach. Something. Well, he, he is the head coach. So. Oh, Ben Johnson? Really? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I just said. I thought he was as the general manager. I didn't no. realize he was going to be doing both jobs. Wow. Okay. Wow. All right. I'm just surprised by that. Yeah. I mean, well, technically those coaches aren't supposed to get hired until after the playoffs. So this one, this will be interesting, but yeah, Detroit free press is calling it a foregone conclusion. Wow. Okay. Well, hmm. again, we are Patriots. Demarcus Covington defensive coordinator will be uh, taking over. Uh, kind of an interesting, I, that's I'm, an interesting job too, because like, what do you do in the, that situation? Do you draft another quarterback this year, or do you try and get like Marvin Harrison and p- pair him up with? No, I guess receivers aren't really the commander's problem. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Um. So yeah, we were running out of the last few minutes here, um, and uh, yeah. Anything you guys got going on? Any golf simulation or anything like that? No, I finally went to the Top Golf last weekend. Okay. It was it was okay. Top I mean, it was, yeah, they put one in Mass. Oh wow, nice. But, There's yeah, one here. Like, I haven't been there yet though. It's not like the normal Top Golfs. It's it like doesn't have the nets and stuff. It's just circles on the ground, but so it's a little smaller. But uh, it was, you know, it was it was Top Golf. It was the same as every other Top Golf. Nice. Nice to get some swings in, you know. Yeah, I can't. I'm looking forward to so that I pulled, when it's pulled uh, something in my shoulder on the last here. swing I took. Huh? What's that? I I haven't done any. Go- I'm I'm just I'm thankful to get out snowboarding and stuff like that. So I've been appreciating uh, that for sure. Um, because I'll be ready for golf in due time as, uh, you know, that's definitely something I will have to do next time on a, uh, uh, vacation or something like that. Is, uh, I, I certainly miss it in some ways. I want to get back to the range, uh, in one way or another for sure. Yeah. I can't wait for the golf season to come back around here. Like mm-hmm. 
had like no social life. I've, most of my days are like just walking around this, the rainy ass city with Cooper. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry that you're having to, to deal with that sort of weather for sure. As uh, I thought yeah. it'd be a little Rain bit more. Rain clouds. It's not Rain like clouds and wind. Oh, and wind too. That's never fun. Well, let's see. Yeah. I, I'll well, see. Go ahead. I sorry, I cut you off. You are on a river, so I was just saying it could be worse, but yeah, it's fine. <laughs> um, but that will do it, I guess, for today's off the mark sports. We obviously got a a fun day of football to look forward to and uh, see what the Super Bowl predictions are looking like. As uh, uh, it's certainly going to be a fun day of football to watch, and we'll see what the Celtics can do tomorrow and the All Star break going on. So. For Cam Trish Montaigne and Anthony D'Alessandro, I'm Kylie Evie signing off for Off The Mark Sports. Everyone have a great day. Glad to be back. Glad to be better than ever. And we'll see you all again soon. Take care, everyone. Ooh.